Have you experienced any false victories in your journey as an adult child of divorce? We're going to look in depth at this topic today. Welcome back to Heart in a Drawer, the podcast that I create especially for adult children of divorce. I am your host, Sarah Geringer. This podcast is a labor of love for me to produce for you, and I hope that it is giving you healing alongside your journey through counseling. I have said on all of these episodes that this podcast is never meant to be a substitute for professional counseling, but a supplement to that kind of healing resource. I'm receiving it myself right now, and I hope that you do too. When I started counseling, I wished that I could have had a big sister or brother to encourage me from their path a little further along where I was, and that's what I hope to be for you on this podcast. So today I'm going to introduce a concept to you based on a really creative and interesting book I read this year. It's called Our Heart's Desire, and it was written by Bob Wheatley. I have had the pleasure of speaking to him on a Zoom call. It was very encouraging, and he has lots of good tips for writers and authors on his TikTok, and I encourage you to give him a follow. I will put his links in the show notes. So I was reading Bob's book, and he was talking about how a dramatic narrative, which is used in screenwriting, plays, and books, can kind of tell the story of our lives. And it's very creative. It uses a lot of pop culture references. So it's a really enjoyable read and it's really unique. I think a cool part of Bob's story is he was a minor league pitcher for baseball and now he's an author. So that is pretty cool because I am a big baseball fan. So I think it's really neat that someone with that much talent in that area is also a talented author. So I want to dig in and just focus on two of these chapters in Bob's book. I'm going to read some concepts from them today. So I'm reading from chapter 13, False Victory. So Bob's been laying out this storyline for us in this dramatic narrative. So we're kind of in three quarters of the way when he introduces this concept. And he says, there's a point in the story when the audience fatigues. This doesn't happen because we're bored. It happens because we're human. Humans need variety. Humans need pace. Get on with it already, our inner voice says. As much as we enjoy love, we eventually need a shift in the narrative. We're ready to see the hero win. Okay, so what in the world does this have to do with us as adult children of divorce? Well, I'm wondering if this happened to you. I mentioned it on a recent episode that I did, a memory I had of a breakup that didn't happen, and I had mixed feelings about that. And maybe you have had experiences where there was a 
we'll call it a villain in your family. And they were just wreaking havoc and you were just ready for them to get out of town, right? And you didn't understand why maybe they moved out for a little while, but they came back or they broke up for a little while. And then two days later, they were back. And that's really chaotic and frustrating to us as children when we don't understand what's going on. And it's also frustrating for us as adults when we do understand what's going on and we're acting more like adults than the fellow adults in the picture. I have experienced this as a child. I have experienced this in my life right now. And I'm telling you, it makes you want to pull your hair out. When these people, these toxic people, keep moving toward chaos and going back into it, then pulling out of it, going back into it, pulling out of it, it's just so unnerving. But when you have a stake in it because you're a family member, maybe it's in your own immediate family, maybe it's in your extended family, what do you do about this? Because I know what it's like to struggle to keep that hope alive, for justice to be served, and for peace to be restored or possibly gained for the very first time ever. And it's an emotional roller coaster that we're on as children of divorce. And I don't know if you've been there, but I've been there quite a few times in my personal history, and it is exhausting. So I was relieved when I was reading Bob's book that someone is actually speaking to this dynamic. Now, he's taking a 30,000-foot view. It could apply to anybody's situation, but I think as I'm going through kind of a situation right now where I'm processing this information, it made me think about how it might apply to you if you've been hoping and praying and wishing and dreaming of the day when this toxic villain is out of the picture and they just keep coming back in due to all kinds of dysfunction. So I just want to read a little bit more of Bob's book to give you some perspective. He says, We're ready to see the hero win. He's been tested and tried, and he's certainly proven his worth. Now, even the love interest wants him to win, and this is the moment he does, but not really. The false victory of a story is exactly what it sounds like. It's a victory that doesn't last. It has all the flavors of an actual triumph, but it is snatched up as quickly as it came. We see these false victories in Hollywood all the time. And then he goes into some examples. I love the examples that he pulls in all of these chapters. It makes the book really, really engaging. So then he continues and he says, Even at this point in a story, with more than half of the plot behind us, there are still many questions that remain unanswered. Have the characters reached the end of their story? Is their victory final? Or will the villain return? These are important things for a character to consider, but only an author can know all the answers. So I just want to elaborate on that for a second. So, of course, when you're caught in the middle of these things, like I am right now, you don't know when the end is. You really don't have any idea. But God does. God lives above time. He sees the whole picture. He knows if it's going to last another two years, 20 years, or if you won't see the end of it in your lifetime. But I want to give you some hope because I need hope right now where I'm at. So Bob continues, he says that peril breaks posers. By putting a hero through tough situations, an author, we can say that's God in our stories, lets us see into his heart. 
by observing characters in the midst of their trials, we are able to learn what they want, what they fear, and most of all, what they value. So I'm going to recap that. What they want, what they fear, and what they value. You can really refine what's important to you when you see these toxic situations happening. I've talked before about learning from negative examples, and that's something really, really useful to us. Even if we can't change the situation, we can learn what not to do in our future choices. And then he says, the second reason for a false victory might be even more significant than the first. Testing builds tension and every story needs tension. An author knows that the greater the testing, the greater the tension, and the greater the tension, the greater the glory for the hero. So if we persevere through these things with integrity and we don't, we don't join in the drama, then once it's all said and done, we can stand tall and we can be proud of ourselves. And one thing that my best friend has reminded me of in this past year and a half of really hard things that I've gone through, she's been saying things like, make the future Sarah proud. And that's always a good reminder to me. Maybe I'm not going to do everything perfect, but I at least want to be moving forward so the future me can look back and say, you know what? I'm proud of what I did in that situation, or more often, proud of what I didn't do. And something that I really appreciate Bob bringing out is he's talking about how Jesus understands all this. So he was talking about the false victory of the Passion Week and how Jesus went into Jerusalem and the crowds were putting their coats down and waving palm branches and singing Hosanna. And he also went into the temple and he drove out the money changers. So these were what you could call false victories because they didn't last. So I appreciate that because Jesus knows how it feels. He knows how it feels to live in that tension. And he also knows that the main thing is always just to do what the Father's will is for us. That's what we've got to keep focused on. Whatever the Father's will is what our choice should be. And that's always a good choice. To wrap up this chapter... Bob says, because Jesus had always been one with the author, he knew that this victory was false. There was still a much greater battle that had to be fought and a much greater victory that had to be won. For Jesus to win the heart of his love, he knew he would have to endure something so painful, so horrifying, that even a hero could say, now my soul is deeply troubled. That's from John 12, 27, New Living Translation. So Jesus knew that even though it was a false victory, the greater victory was to be won. And I have to keep my eyes on that right now. I have to say to myself, you know, there's got to be a reason. There has to be a reason that God is not allowing the final victory to come right now. It's probably because he wants greater glory to come later. And so lately when I've been praying, I've said, Lord, I want you to end this only when you get the maximum glory from it. I can't see what that looks like, but I know that you could get more glory from this situation in waiting to answer it at the right time. Maybe now is not the right time, although I would love nothing more than for this to end right now. Maybe later is the right time for this to happen. So then another chapter that I want to talk about in his book is called The Miracle Moment. 
And this one truly resonated with me. And when I was having the Zoom call with Bob, I was telling him that this is where I'm at in my story. And then I'll tell you what he said after I share this. So in this chapter, it says, In dramatic storytelling, there is a tactic of plot building called a deus ex machina. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, a deus ex machina, which is translated God from the machine, is when an unexpected savior or an improbable event brings order out of chaos. So he says that originally in like Greek times, a character would literally be dropped on the stage with the help of a crane, and then he would save the hero. And so that was the machine that came from above way back in Greek and Roman place. So he says, when we see a deus ex machina in our stories on screen, it will come after all has been lost. In fact, that is the only natural place it fits. Would we need a miracle if we maintain control? Would we need intervention if all was okay? The all is lost moment brings that loss of control and then comes the deus ex machina. And then he talks about an example from Saving Private Ryan, which I remembered that's an excellent movie to watch. It is a war movie, so it's definitely R-rated, but it is a very powerful story. Plus, it has Matt Damon in it. He's my favorite actor. I watch anything that he's in, and I love it. I'm just going to read exactly what he says. In Saving Private Ryan, the planes arrive at just the right time, providing an improbable savior that brings order out of chaos. The battle was lost and their mission had failed, but then the angels on their shoulders swooped in. It was only upon their timely arrival that the heroes could win the day. It was truly a miracle and at just the right time. And he says we find that miracle moment in many, many other stories. So of course, in the Bible, the miracle moment is Jesus raising from the dead. He's resurrected on Easter morning and that's a greater victory than anyone could have ever imagined and all his disciples could see on Good Friday was his senseless and brutal murder and they probably thought they were next and they probably thought that they had wasted three years of their lives and now they were going to be attacked. They had no idea that he was going to not only raise from the dead, but save all mankind from the curse of sin. So we know that's what Jesus' great victory was, and that was so much greater than those victories that we just talked about. His triumphal entry into Jerusalem on a donkey, and then driving the money changers out of the temple. That looks tiny compared to what the crucifixion and resurrection did for all of us here we're still benefiting from it 2,000 years later. So God always has that wider view of our situation. And when we are stuck in these situations that are just chaotic and disruptive and seem pointless, and we don't really have control over them because these other people are acting out of control, what do we do? We need God to intervene. We need Deus ex machina to reach down from heaven and help us. And so 
When I told Bob that's what was going on in my story, he just offered me a word of encouragement and he was just saying that God is always with us. He's always with us at every stage of these stories. He never takes his eyes off of us and that moment is always going to come. It is destined to happen for God's faithful people. He will rescue us. There are so many Bible verses that tell us about God being our defender, our rescuer, our rock. I love Psalm 18, those words, those names of God that are in the beginning of that psalm. I meditate on those when I feel down and discouraged and really just overwhelmed by my problems. It reminds me of God's unchanging character, and that gives me hope that when he knows that the time is right. He is going to reach down and make all things right. And even though that's not happening right now, I can find that perfect peace and shalom within the storm when I spend time seeking him. Not just seeking God on my own, in my own prayer time, Bible reading, prayer walks that I take outside, but also in community with other believers. So I go to church every week. I meet with fellow Stephen ministers twice a month. And I spend time with my Christian friends because I have to have that to stay plugged in to the truth when all this chaos is surrounding me. So I encourage you to get plugged in to a local group of believers as well. So I'm going to leave all the links to Bob's book, which I highly recommend that you get a copy and all his social media links to follow him. Also, I want to close this out in prayer because I know if you're in the middle of one of these situations, it's just difficult and, and I just want to lift you up before we end today. Father God, I praise you because you care so much about us. You care about the anguish of our soul. That's what the Bible says. And these situations that we don't ask for, we don't want, these situations that just push us around, even though we don't want to be pushed around, they're exhausting to us, Lord, and we need your peace in the middle of them. So Lord, I pray that you will be our defender. You will rescue us. You will save us. You will create a space of shalom as the Prince of Peace in our situations, even when those situations don't necessarily change. You will give us a little oasis of peace in your presence in the middle of them and in connection with other believers, Lord. And I pray for my listeners, if they're going through this hard time, that you will show them how much to engage and how much to not engage to protect their hearts and minds from letting that chaos invade them. Maybe they need to take a step back. Maybe they need to unplug from it and help them be wise, help them seek out godly counsel to know what to do and also what not to do in these situations. So Lord, I thank and praise you for your goodness to us, and the way you're working in our lives, especially the way that you're working behind the scenes. We can't see it. And I thank you in advance for the victories that you've already secured in our stories down the line. We just have to be faithful to you as we wait for you to reveal those victories to us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. I always appreciate you listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, will you please share it with someone that you know 
needs to hear it. And another thing you can do, if you appreciated this episode, leave a podcast review. That will help more people find it. And I appreciate that because I want to help as many adult children of divorce as possible, plus their family members who listen to this episode. I just want to say a special blessing to all of you because you listening is helping break the curses because you're gaining understanding about our hurts and you're helping us heal with your empathy and kindness and understanding. So God's blessings to all of you, and I will see you next time.